Good morning. And uh, thank you so much for the privilege we have to be with you today, uh, Joanna and I. Um, and thank you, church, for your many years' uh, support and prayer for Phil and Andrew, um, Phil and Andrea. <laughs> we had a privilege of getting to know them for many years, and uh, we've appreciated their ministry in SIM. Uh, first in Ghana, and uh, I worked with them when they were in the leadership of SIM in Ghana, and now at the international level, and uh, still enjoy, we enjoy the pleasure of working with them. Uh, they are a part of our global leadership team, and they bring significant contribution to the leadership of SIM around the world. So I'm grateful for their leadership, and I'm thankful to you as church for your faithful support of them and also for the many other missionaries that you support around the world. And uh, today, we're looking at the topic of suffering church, and uh, I said suffering as a context for the gospel. Um, but I'm supposed to share with you briefly on the ministry of SIM, but uh, I, I have this question as I start that with this morning. Is God still working amid trials, persecutions, danger, and suffering? Is God still working in those kind of places? Look at suffering as persecution, and persecution uh, is the context of, for many of SIM's ministries around the world. So I want to share briefly with you some of the ministers, some of the experiences of people in SIM ministries around the world and what that it meant for them in their context, especially as we focus on the suffering church this morning and also as we uh, participate in the international prayer for the persecuted church today. Of course, we have the persecuted church and what happens when people are persecuted, they suffer. So both of these themes this morning are connected uh, with each other. I want to just talk about that. First of all, uh, SIM have, we have an initiative that we call Faithful Witness, if I can tell you briefly what it is about. So Faithful Witness Initiative is SIM's commitment to send workers, team of pro, uh, missionaries to places where there is no gospel at all. And contrary to what it might appear like especially in Canada, there are many places in the world with no witness to Christ at all. That even if they want to know Jesus, they have no one to tell them. In fact, 86%, 86% of people who are considered unreached with the gospel in the world don't have a believer as a friend. They don't know someone who could share the good news of Jesus with them. So in response to this need, SIM put together what we call a faithful witness uh, to uh, forgotten communities. And this is a team of workers that have committed themselves to go to those kind of places, many of them very challenging locations in the world to make Christ known. So that's what we call faithful witness. It's interesting that it is the context of persecution in which one of our workers responded to this call. Uh, Kai had been praying and researching where he was going to go as a part of faithful witness. And then he was in a, uh, someone visited his church 
from one of the countries where SIM is working and shared with them the experience of persecution. In fact, at the time of sharing, this person said his father was in prison because of the witness of Jesus. And Kai then decided, that's exactly where I want to go. So this is the context of ministry uh, for SIM. We see God at work in North Africa. Miriam was uh, uh, someone who had come to faith in Jesus from the majority religion of that country. Uh, Miriam had been coming fully covered so that no one get to know who she truly was. And then on this occasion, uh, she removed her religious head covering, revealing her hair for the first time to the group of local Christians gathered for worship. And then she said this to them, and you can see it there, my brothers and sisters, she said, I am one of you, and I want you to see me how God made me. This is somebody who had been you know, fearful, protecting herself, keeping herself covered. In fact, there were people in that group who weren't so certain if this person was just trying to trap them or was a true believer in Jesus. But that's the kind of context of, of ministry today for SIM majority of our ministry, uh, perhaps uh, a good percentage of our ministry, I should say, are in those kind of contexts. Harriet's story, this, was, this happened in Central Africa. So Harriet uh, was a, a, a demonic healer. This is a person uh, who performed demonic uh, healing and is a religious leader. None of this is the real name of the individuals I'm talking about. Uh, because of their security, we don't use real names. And uh, Harriet came to know Jesus. And of course, when she came to know Jesus, she stopped performing those uh, demonic uh, healings, and uh, she stopped her, her religious uh, teachings. And then Harriet was uh, threatened. They told her that if she didn't continue or pay them, pay a big amount of money, they were going to kill her children, especially her son. Um, at the time, uh, Harriet's daughter was living with her husband in another country in North Africa. Their life was being threatened there as Harriet's life was being threatened in her own country, including the life of her children. But God strengthened Harriet's heart and she chose to trust in God than to continue in the religion for which God has saved her. And today, actually almost all Harriet's children are believers in Jesus Christ because of her stand for Jesus. Today we have, perhaps just as we worship here, there are many churches in Burkina Faso that wonder what might happen next as they gather to worship God. Uh, just in May this year, at the bapt as, as the church gathered to baptize, it was both a, a baptism uh, of, uh, of water, but also this was mixed with the spilling of the blood of God's people as they were attacked in that uh, place of baptism with many of them injured and killed. Um, this is reality for many, especially in the northern part of Burkina Faso, where um, some of the, uh, the terrorists in that area have been targeting the people of God, pastors and churches. We're talking of persecuted church. We're talking of suffering for Christ. And this is the reality every day for some of our brothers and sisters in the context in which SIM works. 
we know that uh, some of the, the, the reality, in, especially in China today, is that the, the, the religious law has been, uh, has been changed. It came into uh, effect May 1st this year that the, the, the Chinese government require people to get permit before they can preach. And of course, that we know what that meant for those who didn't want to be told what they can preach and what they can teach uh, from the word of God. I know not too long ago, uh, this, this government was seeking to actually rewrite theology to align with the communist teaching in that country. And uh, imagine that you have to teach a theology that aligns with communism. But this is reality for many, and some of these people have, been, uh, have ended up in prison. Uh, some of the churches are being threatened. There's even an advert threatening that if you can expose those who are believers, you actually get a reward. Talk of suffering. A church, a authentic church, suffering church. This is reality, not just a, theolo- not just a theory for many of the places of our ministries. Eritrea is one of those countries where many church leaders have been in prison for many years. And some of them have spent up to 15 years in prison. These two pastors were released a while ago, and uh, now they're back in prison again because of the testimony of Jesus. And this is what, what happened to the church. When the church chose to truly testify for Jesus, when the church chose to be a witness for Jesus, we invite the wrath of the world. And we must prepare ourselves for suffering because that's what is happening in many parts of the church. That's why we have a day to pray for the persecuted church. In southern Kaduna, in Nigeria, this cleaning has been going on for many years now. We are, churches are being attacked on a regular basis. On September 26th this year, gunmen attacked the evangelical church winning all, Equa Church in Gabachia. Now, that's, that's not the first time those churches have been attacked. Many of these churches have been attacked regularly. Now, I tell you about the evangelical winning church. This is very, very close to us because that is the church from which Joanna and I come. That's our ascending church in Nigeria. That's the church in which I grew up. And I know that in many parts of Nigeria, this church has, have, has lost thousands of people to those who will attack churches as they worship because of the witness of Christ in Nigeria. So what does that mean for SIM? What does that mean for the ministry to which God has called us? Well, we chose to respond to these things by continuing to send workers to communities where Christ is least known. So today we have workers uh, looking at Chad, Thailand, Mali. We're looking at the Middle East, South Asia, North Africa. We're putting teams together to go to these places because we know that the witness of Jesus is still needed in these different localities. The context of suffering is often our witness for Christ. The church suffers when the church chose to be a witness for Christ. Revelation 1.5, in Revelation 1.5, John, the writer of the book of Revelation, was telling the, 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 the churches in Asia, the seven churches, who was sending a message to them, and he said this, from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness. 
the firstborn of the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us and released us from our sins by his blood. That was the introduction of John to who Jesus was. And then in verse 9 of the same chapter, John had this to say about himself as he wrote to those churches. I, John, your brother and fellow partaker in the tribulation and kingdom and perseverance. Partaker in suffering. We're talking of authentic church and a church, a suffering church. Partaker in the tribulation and suffering. That's the way John introduced himself. He said he was on the island called Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. I have the feeling that if if John would have kept quiet from testifying to Jesus, he would not have ended up on the island of Patmos. And who knows, maybe today we won't have the book of Revelation. But praise God for those who will not keep quiet. So today I want us to reflect on the subject of a sovereign church, but in the context of witness. Because church, the church of Jesus suffer primarily because of their witness to the world. In, we're looking at John 12. In John 12, you will see a series of reference to testimonies and witnesses to Jesus. As John wrote his narrative, wrote his narrative for the church. But I'm going to read quickly from John 23 to 26, and then 42 and 43. John 12, 23. And Jesus answered them, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whoever loves his life loses it. And whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. 42. Nevertheless, many, even of the authorities, believed in him, but for fear of the Pharisees, they did not confess it, so that they would not be put out of the synagogue, for they loved the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. Let me say a word of prayer. Father, we, we thank you for your word. And I just ask now that in these few minutes, you will plant your word deep in our hearts by your Holy Spirit for your glory and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. About uh, two months ago, actually less than two months now, we got a text, a WhatsApp text from Nigeria, from friends, colleagues, in the church. They asked us to pray. That text came in the morning. They asked us to pray because three Capro missionaries, Capro is Calvary Productions, it's a, it's a Nigerian, uh, indigenous Nigerian mission agency. They work in several countries. Those people go to some of the toughest places in the world. And uh, they told us to pray because three of their missionaries, a Christian brother and two sisters had been abducted uh, by gunmen from the station, 
they were working among, among someone, one of the unreached people groups in Nigeria. Um, and we all started praying from that morning. And by evening, we got another message. And uh, the message was that, well, unfortunately, our brother had been killed, but the two sisters had been rescued. In one day, within hours, a person, a brother, who committed his life to the witness of Christ was gone. He died in the cause of his obedience to Christ. He died in the cost of, in the cost of being a witness to Jesus. What does that say to you about God and his, his plan? What, what does that tell us about a suffering church? Because, I mean, why is it that those who left everything, this brother left everything he could be, everything he could have, he became a missionary. And these are missionaries who go at, at the expense of everything. They, 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 they live poorly. They, they give everything to Jesus. Why will God allow such a person to just have his life snuffed out like that? How, how does God work within his own economy that makes that makes that kind of uh, loss make sense. Except the fact that God knows what he was doing with our brother's life. You see, in John 12, we read of those who are witnessing to Jesus, and we, we read of those who are not witnessing to Jesus because of their fear. This brother chose to witness to Jesus even though he knew that the part of Nigeria where he was witnessing could one day come under attack from those who do not want the witness of Jesus. In John 12, we read a series of examples of, of witnessing to Jesus. John's uh, story in chapter 12 was a series of emphases on witnessing to Jesus as the Lord. First of all, we read in, the, in John 12, 1 to 11 about the, 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 feed, I mean, the, the dinner in Bethany where Mary poured out this ointment and anointed Jesus. And Jesus said Mary was preparing him for his burial. Basically, Mary was testifying to the death and, and resurrection of Jesus that was yet to come. And then in 12... Uh, verse 12 to 18, we read of the triumphant entry into Jerusalem and the testimony of the crowd that met Jesus as they screamed, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna means save, save. This crowd was basically promote, uh, proclaiming Jesus as the savior of the world. Save, Save Hosanna. That was the testimony of the crowd to Jesus. And then we saw another group of, uh, 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 in, um, I mean, in the, in the other uh, Gospels, in the Synoptic Gospels, they, they emphasized the fact that these crowds were, you know, laying down their, their garments and branches of the tree and so on. But John actually pointed out to us that this crowd was, was waving palm front. And remember in, in Revelation 7, John, the same John, will also point out to us that those who came out of, the, out of the tribulation, what did they have in their hands as they worship? Palm front. 
So John was giving us a glimpse of the witness of this crowd to Jesus. Psalm 118 is, is a psalm of ascent, and this was the psalm this crowd was singing as they testify to Jesus as the Savior. Save us, they cried. Be the, te the testimony to Jesus by, by the other part of the crowd that had witnessed the resurrection of Lazarus. That's the next area, section that John told, uh, sh uh, shared with us in John 12, 17 to 19. He said the crowd, those particularly that had witnessed the resurrection of Lazarus, were testifying about him. And people were coming to Jesus because of their testimony. They were, they, and the Pharisees became alarmed. They were really worried that more and more people were going to Jesus to the point that they wanted to kill Lazarus. Witness. Witness and testimony to Jesus is the context of being an authentic church. And only churches that are testifying to Jesus actually suffer for Jesus. Now, churches can suffer for all kinds of reasons. I'm not saying that. But when we testify to Jesus, we're, likely more, we're more likely to suffer for Jesus than if we keep quiet. This crowd will not keep quiet. They kept testifying to Jesus. And then you have the witness of the Greeks. The Greeks came in chapter 12, 20 to 35. They wanted to see Jesus. They went to Philip, uh, the only disciple with a Greek name, and said, we want to see Jesus. Philip went to Andrew and said, these people want to see Jesus. Andrew and Philip went to Jesus. And what did Jesus do? Well, we're not told exactly if Jesus welcomed them. It sounded like Jesus did because he started teaching about himself. And in the course of that teaching, we had the, the, we had the father's testimony to the son. So as the Greeks came to witness of who Jesus was, the father testified. So Mary testified, the crowd testified, the father testified and said he will glorify his name. You remember in that context, some people thought it had thundered. Others thought the angel speaking to him because the father was giving a testimony so you see series of testimonies in John 12 as John was going to lay, lay out these testimonies of Jesus right down to the point of his death later in the book of John. And then you also recognize that the, the, uh, the testimony of Jesus himself that it is only in dying that we can live. It is only as we die that we can live in John 12, 24 to 26. Jesus receiving, possibly the, the Greeks said this to them, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. He who loves his life loses it, and he who hates his life in this world we keep it to life eternal. Just think about that. So you have a visitor. Jesus, the, the, the Greeks have come to visit Jesus. And this was the way he responded to them. I mean, tell me, how many people tell their visitor that they must be prepared to die? But, but this was Jesus' testimony to the Greeks. If you want to follow me, you must prepare to suffer. That was exactly what he was saying to them. If you want to truly be an authentic church, you must prepare to suffer. Jesus was telling those people as part of the testimony to following him 
that they must be willing to die in order to live. And then we saw Jesus then talked about the obstacles to witness. What are the things that stop us from being witnesses to Jesus? As we want to be a suffering church, an authentic church that is willing to suffer, what prevents us from, from witnessing to Jesus? In verse 12, uh, chapter 12, from 36 to 41, Jesus pointed out that it is unbelief that prevents us from being witnesses uh, to him. Unbelief. Today, many of us don't witness more because of unbelief than anything else. Now you might say, yeah, it's because of fear. I'm always afraid. I don't know how people will respond. But isn't it the, isn't the foundation of our fear really unbelief? That we don't know what this God will do if we are to go on a limp for him. We don't know if he will protect us, if he will defend us, if we are to step out in his name. A lot of our fears are rooted in unbelief. And unbelief is an obstacle to, uh, to uh, witnessing for Jesus. The third thing that Pope, I mean, the second thing was unbelief. The third thing that John laid out for us is the consequence of being a faithful witness, uh, that which could be suffering. In, in John 12, 42 to 43, which I read, he said, uh, we, we see an example of those who live in the crosshair of persecution. And in, in 42, he said, Nevertheless, many, even of the authorities, believed in him, but for fear of the Pharisees, they did not confess it, so that they would not be put out of the synagogue. They didn't want to confess Jesus. They didn't want to testify to Jesus because they did not want to lose their social status. Today, one of our greatest concerns is our social status. Many of us think if we get into positions of power, we might, want to, we might be able to testify to Jesus more boldly. Believe me, the moment to get to that position, you realize that that's a social status you don't want to lose. And you don't want people to think that somehow you are out of it. Many of us don't testify to Jesus because we're embarrassed about him. We are embarrassed to be looked at as different, as uh, maybe uh, not, not too you know, cool, maybe. I think that's the word they use now. We don't want to be uncool. And we keep silent. But the reality is that a sovereign church, we have to witness to Jesus. An authentic church. What makes us authentic is our faith in Jesus, our belief in the word of God, and our testimony to Jesus. And so, an authentic church will testify to Jesus. These people, they, they were living in the crosshair of persecution, and they were not going to suffer persecution, so they chose to keep silent. In, the, in verse 43, he said, For they loved the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. Brothers and sisters, let me ask you one question. When last did you testify to Jesus? When last did you share your faith with someone? And when you didn't, why didn't you? What was it? Was it unbelief? Was it fear? Was it the love of the glory of man? Because 
to be a sovereign church, an authentic church, we have to be a witnessing church. And when we are a witnessing church, we have to be prepared to be a suffering church. Because that is the context for suffering. Witnessing is the context for suffering. For generations of the church, we have always been demanded to keep silent. It was the witness of the apostles and disciples that the, the Pharisees did not like. In, in uh, Acts 4, 18 to 20, what did they demand of them? Keep silent. Don't teach in this name again. And then in Acts 5, they, uh, uh, from 28 to 29, they charged them and they said, didn't we tell you to stop preaching in this name didn't we tell you, I read it, we gave you strict orders not to continue teaching in this name. The world is still demanding silence from the church. But when we refuse to keep silent, we must also be prepared to suffer because that's a part of our calling. But the, the Savior demands that we be his witnesses. In Acts 1.8, you will receive power and you will be what? My witnesses. My witnesses. That's what the Savior demands of us. In Revelation 1.9, what did he say? John said we are fellow partakers in the, in the suffering of Jesus. Revelation 2.13, Jesus had this to say to the church in Pergamum. He said, I know where you dwell, where Satan's throne is, Yet you hold fast my name and you did not deny my faith. And then he said, in the days of Antipas, my faithful witness who was killed among you. This is the resurrected Savior testifying to the witness of a matter. Faithful witness. An authentic church is a witnessing church. An authentic church as a witnessing church, must be prepared to be a suffering church. The reason people are being killed for their faith in many places today is because of their testimony for Jesus. But I want to quickly wrap up with this. Uh, you can see this group, but I hope you can see this man laying on the parapet there. Perhaps you can see the wheels of this. This is how he moves around. This is how, that's, that's the way he gets moved around. His name was Joshua. Joshua wanted to be a witness to Jesus among the youths. So he learned to be a coach in the SIM Sports Friends Ministry in Nigeria. And he started, he became a coach and was coaching young people and he became a mentor and a discipler to many. The guy who told me the story of Joshua is bigger than me, taller than me, but he was a coach and he said to me, Joshua was the one who mentored and discipled me. Joshua wanted to be a witness to Jesus. So I asked you, you know, you can check. You have all your, your arms and legs and everything. You might check if your head is there too. Um, what prevents you from being a witness to Jesus if someone like Joshua could be a witness to Jesus? Because that's the reality. 
a suffering church, an authentic church, will be a witness to Jesus. In Revelation 2, 8, this is what the resurrected Savior had to say to his church. I'm wrapping up with this. He said, And to the angel of the church in Smyrna write, the words of the first and the last who died and came to life. So this is the one who died and came to life. This is the Savior you are worshiping this morning. This is the one we, to whom we sang all those songs. I know your tribulation and your poverty. I know your suffering. I know your poverty. But you are rich. And the slander of those who say that they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Now listen to what the resurrected Savior we say to this suffering church. The church that you want to be as an, as an authentic church. Do not fear what you are about to do what? To suffer. Church, Canada may become more difficult than it is today. But the Savior is saying to you, do not fear what you are about to suffer. But it's interesting that Jesus is not saying to them, no, I know you are about to suffer. You know, Jesus is saying to them, the suffering is coming. But he didn't say, I'm going to head it off for you so you won't have to suffer. He's saying, no, prepare yourself to suffer and don't fear what is coming. Behold, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison. This is, Jesus knew this already. This is the one we pray to and ask, please take away our suffering. Please protect us from suffering. He said, I know it's coming. I know you are going to prison. And he's not saying, but I'm going to close those prisons. No, he said, and you may be tested. And for 10 days, you will have tribulation. But what did he say to them? After that, everything will be fine. And you guys will enjoy. No, he said, be faithful unto death. Now, that is the path of being an authentic suffering church. Faithfulness unto death. And then he said, I will give you the crown of life. Be faithful unto death. As you choose to be a witnessing church, you also have to choose to be a suffering church, an authentic church. But do not fear, because Jesus said, there's a crown of life for our suffering. Amen.